Heavenly Father, we thank you that you're God. You give good gifts. You, you bless your people. And Lord, with this blessing as a church and uh, as, a, as a group of followers, we want to bless Ridgecrest. We want to bless the Indian Wells Valley uh, with service to show your heart that people might be transformed. So Lord, give us wisdom to do that. We thank you for, again, for Habitat for Humanity the houses that they've put together and the people that live in them. Thanks for the blessing and bless them for blessing us. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. We're talking about families. Thanksgiving coming up. Uh, many of us are going to be traveling. I, I traveled today to Newport Beach to meet my son and, and his family down there. Many of us are going to be on the road. Uh, so go interact with families. So this message is about family, about functional families. I love the introduction when she came in and said, we're a dysfunctional family. And one of the news flashes that I love to do in premarital, when I uh, talk to people, I say, you know you're, you're, you're going to start a dysfunctional family. And they look at me like, well, what kind of an encourager are you? <laughs> but every sinner's dysfunctional. And inside of a family, there's, there's good and there's bad. But God says to love. We, we started a series several weeks ago and tells us that we're to love God with all of our heart, soul, and mind. Everything in us is to love God. First and greatest commandment. The second is love our neighbor. First week, the message was love God. The, the next week was love our neighbor. And the kind of love we're talking about, we'll, we'll mention it several times. Godly love is a special love that's described in the Bible. It's not used actually in ancient literature anywhere else except when it describes this love of God that he has for us and that we're to have for one another. Uh, godly love is humble, unselfish, unconditional, unmerited, and never changing to those people that are around us, our immediate neighbors and others. It's, it, it's the people that are there we're to love. We talked as we went on. We love God. We love our neighbor. The next week got challenging because <clears throat> we love our enemies. Those, those who hurt us were to respond uh, with unchanging, unmerited, uh, unselfish love for them. And uh, last week, we, we've, we've continued the whole series as we've gone on loving those in need. We love people in need by not just recognizing their need, but actually meeting their needs, uh, sacrificing ourselves for them because godly love is unselfish. So we, uh, we did all that coming up to this point. Now it's It's family. A family, a, a social unit that gathers together, uh, located near or being immediately or relatively near family, the basic unit of society, consisting of two parents and kids of various units and social sizes. This family is the foundation of any nation. The success of the families, the, how functional families are, how they accomplish their job at raising parents, uh, how parents get along this is the foundation of any nation any community and in fact any church is really defined by how functional the the people are in the family units and now something obvious and start out with the good news families can be the best because uh, the verse will tell us how wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony 
how happy uh, was I. The scripture says, how happy was I with the world he created. How I rejoiced in the human family. Why don't you go to the next one? Can you tie? Thank you. Uh, how happy I was with the world. How I rejoiced with the human family. This, families are a gift to us. You know, knowing that, that we're in a unit, though we're loved, accepted, protected. Uh, when families gather together, there should be peace and love and joy. For me, I think this families are the best. I, uh, I've got three kids, and they're all married, and they got grandkids. And, and on intervals, we will gather somewhere uh, where we'll all get together. And it, it's kind of chaotic, uh, but we, you know, we get together, and my best times in those is not so much the interaction and beating them all in a card game. That's not the high point, <laughs> although it happens. The, you got to stomp the grandkids early so they know how to submit. Uh, but it's actually standing back and watching my kids and their mates and everyone functioning and flowing together, laughing, kidding, cooking a meal, uh, just playing together. My wife and I can just kind of detach ourselves from the chaos that's there. And it's just a joy. It's, it's almost unspeakable as we look at what's going on there uh, taking place. I rejoice in my human family. And uh, often at the events here at Crossroads, I'll, I'll look at the church family functioning together, serving one another. Last Friday, we had a going away party for one of our core families that are here, and uh, the Von Schlemmers, and we were sending off, but it was a family gathering that, that took place. Good stuff. Families can be the best. But then again, families can be the worst. Families can be the worst if they're divided, if there's strife, if there's anger taking place, uh, Jesus made it really clear that a kingdom divided in civil war will collapse. A family splintered by feuding will fall apart. If, if the, the feuding continues, the difficulty continues, the divisions take place, there can be real pain. And the truth is, the closer any relationship is, that when that relationship goes south, the pain gets deeper. Because we love deeper. We're connected deeper in that situation as, as we go forward in that area. So there can be real pain. Uh, but in these kind of situations, examples that we all know, tearing apart of a marriage. Many have been through it. Many have watched it. Many have watched our kids go through it. It's just painful to watch that kind of damage take place. Uh, the, the pain of watching a, a child go south. I know in, in my family and situations when I watch different things take place, I go, oh, please don't do that. I remember reaching out to my brother over the years as he wrestled his way and actually stumbled his way through addictions and problems inside of his life, health ultimately uh, taking him out. I remember just visiting him and, and just the pain of, because he's my He's my brother. We, we didn't, you know, uh, we grew up together and everything else. But it was just hard to see that take place in his life and in the lives of other people. And again, uh, the parent watching the loved one continue to make decisions that we know are hurting him and we have no control. But the point for today is that, that for families, 
to be what God designed him to be, there has to be love, not just any love, but God's love, this unselfish, unmerited, uh, unearned love that just flows out of our heart. It's agape that, that, that touches people deeply. We need it for our neighbor, for our enemy, for the needy, each one of the areas, and our extended family. Now, an encouragement or a warning, depending on what your feeling is about this, next week we're going to take this agape love and apply it to diversity. And uh, I'm very excited about that particular message as we live in a society that becomes more and more divided by diversity. We'll talk about how we can unite around that topic. So uh, please, you know, hopefully you will be here next week uh, as we go into that. But first, let's, let's define earthly families. There's, there's ties and connections by blood. Uh, you're born into the family. Their blood, your blood, they run together. Uh, you're, you're absolutely connected. You're born. And by the way, you have no choice about that. It's interesting as we look at Psalms 139 and other biblical passages, God ordains where we're born, who our parents are. He ordains and pre-designs us uh, before we are born at the moment of creation. So there's, there's blood ties. There's, there's family ties by adoption. The loving choice when someone chooses to bring someone into the family uh, and adopt them. Next, there's family ties by the gift of marriage. Uh, God said it absolutely right. It's not good for man to be alone. It's, it's not. We're, we're social animals. And, and when he created men and women, he created a unit that when put together becomes complete. Uh, we are created, both men and women, in the image of God. You put them together, we get a unity. So at the beginning, in Genesis, God creates the world. He says, this is good, this is good, this is good. And then he comes to the man standing in a garden. He goes, yeah, that's not good. He'll go get in trouble. I know that. So, never mind. Uh, so, so the man is, is presented, his wife, and woman is taken out of man. And, and so this becomes this standard scripture. A man leaves his father and mother. The, the, the control is removed, and he establishes his own family unit. Uh, a husband and a wife, they become one. But understand the importance of what's being said in this verse. We're being reminded that the family, the human family, is really a picture of God's family. It's a picture of God and his church, of Christ and his church as they function together. The mystery is great about a man and a woman, but this is an illustration of Christ and his church that they're one. This is a, a, so in that situation, God establishes through marriage uh, a man and a woman. And again, then family ties come. Children get, often become a gift to that family. It's a reward, it says. Uh, but again, reminding parents. So often parents get their lives so wrapped up in their kids. They're just passing through. They're, they're blessings. You want them. But I say this all the time because I've seen it happen three specific times. The kids that I loved, that I invested in, that I bought stuff for, each and every one of them at the right time took everything I'd given them, <laughs> put it in the car, and drove away. They do that. They're temporary guests, welcome guests. But husband and wife, that's the unit. 
That's the unit as, as we love and serve each other as husbands and wives that the kids see. And not only do they drive away with all your stuff, they drive away with a model of what a family is all about. So as we, as we launch our kids, that's huge because they're added to the family uh, by birth. The next family ties by marriage. Often we inherit in-laws, outlaws, uh, stepkids, and all this. And uh, all of this becomes part of the family. It's a loving blessing to be able to do that. You know, I, I encourage step-parents to, to lead and, and to love. And so often, one of the things that's so heartbreaking in our culture is, is the vindictiveness sometimes, and, and unknowing often, where a, a child will, will turn to a step-parent and say, you're not my mom, you're not my dad, in this bitter, divisive way that, that they, kids can do and twist that knife. And I, I've always encouraged parents, and I, I do that here today for a reason, the step-parent. And you can take a step back and you say, I'll never replace your mom or I'll never replace your dad. But I tell you, I'm going to love you with everything I've got. I'm going to be the best dad. I'm going to be the best mom. I can be for you. You may not be able to understand that, but that's my heart for you, to serve you and to help you grow up to be the person that you want to be. This is that loving opportunity to serve inside of a family. But beyond the natural family, there's also a spiritual family. Because before the foundation of the world, God had a plan to adopt his family. It says, even before God made the world, he loved me. And he loved you. And he chose us and he invited us to be adopted into his family. This is not a, a group rate from the beginning. It's a personal awareness of who we are. As he creates us, he knows our strengths, our weaknesses. And, he, and as he sees the path of our lives, he chooses uh, those to be part of his family. And so this is what I love this last part, bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ, this, this cleansing and ability to join his family. This is what he wanted to do. And it gives him great pleasure to do that. Gave it, this family is what's going to last for eternity. This, this down here is not. God's family is going to last. And, and our spirit joins uh, with his spirit and affirms that we're God's children. You know, one of the things that is that special moment, I think, in, in the life of every Christ follower. When we get that aha moment. That aha moment when we know that we know that we know we're in the right place with God. We're his child. He's, he's our dad. And he, and he loves us perfectly. He'll protect us, nourish us, and have us grow up. That aha moment of recognizing the truth about being with God. And again, inside of these uh, God's family and human families, we're designed to show love. And I, we put this up the first week, and I just asked him to put it up again because we talked a couple times about agape love, God's supernatural love, but also there's sorge, number four on that list. It's a, it's a Greek word for that love that's felt in families, for brothers and sisters. They may fight, but somewhere under all of that fluff and fury, uh, the sibling rivalry is a love that, that exists and lasts, and it's throughout the whole family. 
family does hang together there is a special love that's there and 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 this word i wanted to bring that up so so that, so that it's in front of us also that's a natural normal human response to love inside of a family you know each week we focus on a source of agape love and this is a huge deal particularly in families because inside of a family where it's up close it's personal it's interacting uh, I've often, if you've been here for a while, I talk about families are like porcupines hugging. It's a very difficult deal to pull off. And you see, because human nature, we can't love unselfishly, unconditionally, without merit. Human nature doesn't allow that to happen. We said every week, we can't love God with all we've got. We can't love our neighbor with all we've got. We certainly can't love our enemy with all our God, with our human nature, because our human nature is prideful and selfish and defensive. We said the only way to have agape love, this, this godly love, is to have God in us. To do that, and this is one of my life verses, crucified with Christ. I, I die for Christ because he died for me. I do it out of love. It's not a forced deal. I'm crucified with Christ. I don't live anymore. But listen, see, Christ can live in me. And he can live through me. And he can live through you. So the love that is shown is not natural love. It's supernatural love. And in that relationship with Christ, God implants in us also the Holy Spirit who lives in us and through us, changes our character and our nature inside of our lives. Uh, he gives us a new heart, a new spirit, he takes out our stubborn, stony heart and brings it there. And then the Holy Spirit that he puts in us has got love and joy. And, and look at that. Good stuff. Patience. Even when there's no gravy. I hate to keep bringing that up, but that's kind of a sore point with me right now. Uh, kind of, you can buy gravy, you know. You don't have to make it. It's there. Uh, done. Uh, I'm back to the message. Uh, there's a transition. We start out, uh, at one time we thought of Christ merely as, as from a human point of view, but we know him differently now. And this means that anyone belongs to, we become a new person. The old person is gone. Is it instantaneous? Is it perfect? Is it ever complete? No. But there's something living in us, a new person, a new creation, a transition so we can love inside of our family, inside of our world. He promises that. And as that happens, then the blessings of God's love in a human family are all around us. These verses are true. And perfectly, everyone here that joins the family this week will experience it. How good, how pleasant uh, it is when brothers and sisters, moms and dads, in-laws, outlaws, everyone live together in love and security. In a human family. We're going to that's, that's the goal, but let's break it down for a minute because I want to uh, take a step back and, and, and move through each. Let's, let's talk about the basic unit. This is the man, the woman, this mystery representing Christ and his church. You know, uh, a man lays his life down. A woman lays their life down. And this is a covenant commitment to God. So often in our rotating, uh, unsincere, almost, that's insulting, but society people don't understand the power of vows and covenant this is a a love 100 percent deal not 99 percent and it's and it's to serve the other person 
the husband serves the wife, the, you know, uh, and, and vice versa. There's this ongoing service back and forth that shows love inside the family. Again, the husband, I love the end of that thing. Each man must love his wife as he loves himself. That's the command. And the wife must respect her husband. This builds this foundational unit that's there. And then, again, kids, what does that look like? We have the honor of directing kids, our kids, God's kids who he loans to us toward Jesus Christ, toward God. Direct your kids on the right path. And when they're older, they won't leave it. They can take some detours. They can get here. But you invest in them the truth. And sometimes that requires discipline. Excuse me, not sometimes. Every time. I, uh, I, I keep reminding people that kids, little kids, are just little sinner rat dogs. Just like we're big sinner rat dogs. But, but kids are prideful, selfish, and controlling. We need to discipline and correct them. Don't provoke them to anger by inconsistent discipline, by demeaning behavior, by uh, certainly not abuse in any way, shape, or form. But bring them up in the discipline of the Lord that they might honor him the rest of their life. This is the family teaching our kids. Now, this is a strange topic inside of our culture today. Uh, Generations, three generations since Dr. Spock introduced the idea of permissive parenting. Parents in our culture have embraced this concept that if you just let your kids grow up without discipline, they'll turn out to be perfect. They'll turn out to be perfect tyrants because that's what they are if we let the inside grow up. I think most parents said amen. Uh, Rebellious kids, you know, a child-centered home uh, where parents want to be the kids' friends instead of their parents showing them how to live. Encouraged parenting is one of the things we talk about often. We just finished a whole series on a maturity checklist. If you don't have that and we can help you, let us know. Now, kids, this concept of honor, by the way, study after study talks about this removal of honor, of patriotism, of willingness to sacrifice for other people in our culture that's there. Uh, And so, kids, honor your parents. Obey them. I love, you know, God's pretty straightforward on this. Uh, if you catch the nuances, children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. And this long, in detailed explanation because it's the right thing to do. You know, most parents have, have played this card when the kids ask why three or four times in a row. And finally, in ask corporation, you say, just because I said so. That's what God's doing. It's the right thing to do. I said so. Go do it. So, so kids have this opportunity of growing up in a loving, submissive family. And again, as it goes forward, the, the challenge is there. It takes work. Marriage, kids, parenting, families. It takes work to come to that place where it's wonderful and pleasant. It's not going to happen by accident. But when it when it comes together, when, when a family is built with that, it becomes a light to the community. You know, so often I, I, I talk to people and I, I look around, I see marriages that are working. I see husbands and wives that are 
obviously loving and supporting each other. Kids that are, that are under loving control of their parents. Uh, the respect that's shown from one generation to another. I see that when it's working right. The, and, and that light shines and other people see it too. And, and that's our goal in Christian family. So as you go into the holiday weekend, that's what we want to do. We want to be able to bring that harmony with us. Now, how do we bring God's love to our family? And this is, uh, this is a practical encouragement uh, because it's why we're sent, by the way. We, we go to show Christ as ambassadors of Christ. I don't know what your Thanksgiving plans are going to be, but, but when you're involved with the family, you're an ambassador for Christ. By word, by behavior, first and foremost, by attitude, we're Christ ambassadors, making an appeal to our family to, to, to come to Christ, to grow in Christ. You know, this is, this is, this is God's commandment to us. But, but understand, and, and most people have maybe had this experience, Jesus Christ is divisive. There's no squishy in him. He's, he's straightforward. And he, when he was here, he said, this will divide the world. It doesn't have to be divided ugly on our half. But other people will, will, will come to a situation where families will fight inside themselves about Christ about who Christ is. It's a spiritual battle over the family, and you're invited to enter into it. You're, we are not invited. One way or the other, we're either on the good side or the bad side as we go in to this battle that's going on around us. Because some families, you walk into a war zone. I, I suggest, particularly in 2019, don't talk about politics. Uh, don't talk about lifestyle divisions uh don't come in with an agenda to be a, an evangelist and force everyone on their knees halfway through dinner that's not going to help uh walk in just showing christ and as you interact i i tell this to people all the time and it's it's a huge reminder to all of us accept people where they are not where we want them to be or think they should be you know, it's so often we, we interact with people and we almost go a tisk tisk attitude, bad on you. Accept them where they are. I told this story last night, and I'll, I'll tell it again. One of the most powerful influences of bringing me to Christ was someone who never knew he had a part in it. Because he loved me when I was far from God. I was running, drinking, stupid stuff, stupid stuff. He knew me because we'd already done a tour together in Vietnam. When I came back, I interacted with his family, but he treated me just with love and acceptance. Even in my foolishness, he did that. Love your family where they're at. Remember where we were and where we started. You know, while we were sinners, Christ died for us. We get to accept other people as we've been accepted. As we do that, you know, accept them where they are, love them where they're at, use God's weapons. You know, God's got an arsenal. He's He's got tools and weapons that we can use. It's called love. It's called service. It's called being that person who goes the extra way when there's something to be done. Get up and do it. At Thanksgiving's a good example. If someone needs to take the trash out, get in the way and take the trash out. 
If someone needs to serve, set up tables, do this, mix the gravy, do that. Whatever it takes to be able to do that, do that. And this, this goes far beyond family. It's the exact same thing when, when you're at work. Be the one that takes the trash out. Be the one that goes the extra mile. Be the one that does the things that are there just, just because it needs doing. Just do it. Be, use God's weapons. And next, avoid arguments. You know, one of the things is that uh, if arguments start to come up, disengage lovingly. Don't get involved in foolish or ignorant arguments. They only start fights. And when it starts, back off. The servant of the Lord must not quarrel, must be kind to everyone, able to teach. Live wisely among your family. You see this going up and down? That's those kids upstairs having fun. I don't allow that anymore. We'll talk about that. It's not an earthquake, for those of you who are still a little shell-shocked. Live wisely. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive. Avoiding a fight is a mark of honor. Don't do it. If you, again, that doesn't mean that we don't speak or, or live out when someone, when someone asks. When a door is open, certainly we should talk about that. But in this service to them, we earn their ears. Jesus, on the night that before he was crucified, he, he washed his disciples' feet. He washed their feet, even Judas's feet. He got down and he served them. And he said, you know, I've done that for you. To do that for other people, I've set an example. So as you go uh, to our various locations, be willing to serve the other people. And, but be ready to give answers if someone asks. Matter of fact, I, I just sent away from one of my favorite books by Timothy Keller. Talking about God, it's an invitation to the skeptic. I always have them ready to deal. If That's probably not the right term in 2019, dealing. But <laughs> books, information, CDs, tapes, anything I can to pass on to other people. You know, uh, and inside of that, be ready to meet whatever need may come up. We talked about this in loving our neighbor. We talked about this in loving our enemy. We talked about this in all this... If you can meet someone's need, God says meet it. It's the John 3, 6, 1 John 3, 16. How can God's love be in a person if, if we don't meet needs? You know, uh, do that. And this next verse, I, I, I won't dwell on it, but it's worth a, almost a message in itself. The Apostle Paul tells Timothy, I give these instructions to the church so that no one will be open to criticism. And those who, but those who don't take care of their relatives, especially those of their own household, have denied the true faith. Such people are worse than unbelievers. You know, every family has needs. We have a huge welfare system. We have so many things going on simply because people won't take care of their own families. Please, take that step. Find out if there's something you can do in that process to be in a practical way showing real love to him. You know, uh, there's, there's so many things. When people come in and ask for help at the church, one of the first things Carly, who does most of our interviews, will ask them, do you have any family here? Oh, yeah, but they won't help. Or often, no, they threw me out. 
Maybe for good reasons, so don't misunderstand that. But we can call them and find out what the reason was. And if they want to help, connect the family back into that as we go. You know, we, we live in a, in a culture that becomes more and more self-centered and self-focused. And we're, we're challenging everyone to love each other just as we've been loved. And if Christians would do that inside their families, inside of their lives, this, this godly love, the world will see it. And they'll be drawn to it. The last thing, because I have to do this, when a family requires a boundary to protect the family, because we're going to interact with sinners and we love them, we accept them, but there may come a time when we have to put up a boundary to protect our family from multiple sources, maybe parents becoming over-eager to control in that situation. Uh, we have to protect our families from negative attitudes, influences that cause damage to our mates and to our kids. Uh, often uh, adults can be abusive in their words and attitudes, uh, removing the love and harmony of the situation and causing real damage. You know, we, we have to know when to say no, when to protect. You know, there may be spiritual predators. I don't know if you've ever had one of those. Uh, inside of your family that's got one agenda his way or the highway and he's going to proclaim it loud and clear to you to your kids to everyone else and it just turns to chaos because they cause division and strife you may need to take a step back have a quiet conversation with him and say i love you dearly but please don't do that and if that behavior continues whatever it may be you need to take a step back you know, some people may be pharisaical legalists and they're demanding everyone else do what they do. Just don't do that, you know. Just please don't. Now, because some of these boundaries that we put up, godly boundaries, really protect the sinner from continuing to sin. If it's a situation where it's, a, it's an enablement and we continue to serve them, we're not helping them. Or we put ourselves up at target so they can sin. That's not godly often the boundary if it's done correctly protects the sinner from the repetitive sin but also if you ever have to do that always provide a way back the standard joke is when kids misbehave I'm breaking your plate you can't come back don't ever do that always explain to someone if you put a boundary up or you have to ask your kids to leave we love you you're always welcome back or if you have to ask your parents to not interfere with your family, always leave a way back. Always leave an opportunity to rebuild the family and the relationship. So what's the application? Recognize the wonderful gift that God has given us in relationships, in families, to be able to get together and, and to love on each other and to show Christ to the world around us. You know, this, this mystery of God's love, supernatural love inside of a family shown to the world changes so much. You know, as a, as a man and a woman, their marriage should be a testimony to the world. As children that are a gift from the Lord are added and loving discipline, correction, and training takes place. All that shows God to the world. And just a reminder to those who are followers of Christ here today, you're adopted into a family. 
have the aha moment and recognize the, the precious privilege of being a child of God, chosen before the foundation of the world. And, and also, if you're here today and you haven't had that opportunity, we would love to help you, encourage you, guide you in that, that you might be part of it. You know, one other thing that we do consistently uh, is encourage families and marriage. Uh, there's a, these are, these are DVDs and they're part of our, our free video series that we have in the back called Right Now Media. For, for anyone who wants to go sign up, you get a password and you get tens of thousands of videos and things. Great marriage. Uh, instruction, you, a husband and wife in their home or with a group of people can sit down and go through it. Parenting, effective parenting in a defective world, amen, is there. Kids, godly, biblical, moral teachings through Superbook. They're all free in the back. Stop in the back and get connected if you're not on the Right Now Media. And also in January, we're going to have a, a conference coming up that we're going to encourage families to be part of. You know, let us help. Let us help. But as we end, enjoy the family. Show Christ. Join me in prayer, please. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you're God. We thank you that it, you have offered to us full adoption into your family. That we might not only live here on this earth with you, but for all eternity. And that we might present that loving relationship and family to those that we love. Lord, as people travel, give them safety, but give them wisdom as they interact with their families that they can show your love. We thank you that that's your plan. Pray in Christ's name. Amen.